The epistle is from Romans chapter 13. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to tell you right out of the gate that I have an agenda this morning, and it is very simple. It is to encourage all of you to spend time regularly, in fact, daily, daily, to spend time meditating on the Ten Commandments, thinking about the Ten Commandments, something perhaps that you have not thought about for some time, but which should be a part of our daily lives as Christians. This is something we talk about as we've discussed uh, catechism instruction. There's this sense that often accompanies catechism or confirmation instruction, which is that it's all about mastery, right? So you can be confirmed once you have mastered everything. But you know there's a bit of an illusion there, right? When have you actually mastered everything? When have you mastered the scriptures? When have you mastered the catechism? When do you know it inside and out? Now, there is a degree of mastery that is needed. You must know some things to be a Christian. You must know some things. But more important, or at least as important as knowing some things, is the regular practice of studying and reviewing and meditating on God's Word. That's true also of the Ten Commandments, something that we easily think we can leave behind. So you learn them in confirmation class, you learn them with their explanations, and then you think, I've got it, okay, I know what the Ten Commandments are, and I can move on. But here's the thing, you can't. You don't get to move on. I want you to come back to them again and again, in fact, every day. So here's the picture to hold in your head as to why that matters. Here's why you should do this. Think about what it was like to learn how to drive. Now, some of you probably had driving experience before you actually took your driver's test, went to driver's ed, and got your license. But think about what has to happen in order for you to learn how to drive well. There's lots and lots of things that you have to remember, right? So if you're going to merge onto the highway, you have to look in your mirror and check your blind spot. If you're going to pull a U-turn, you have to make sure that there's no traffic coming from ahead of you or from either side, and you have to make sure that a U-turn is legal. If you're going to parallel park, you have to know how big a space you can fit in and how to turn the wheel so that you don't crash into the cars all around you. There's lots and lots of things. Those are some of the more complicated things. There's the basic things, like which pedal makes you go and which one makes you stop, right? Which gear do you need to be in at which speed? A million things, really, that you have to pay attention to. And when you're learning how to drive, it really functions kind of like a checklist. You have to think about all of these things because you're practicing. Now, the point in observing all of that is that when you're learning to drive, it can seem very, very complicated. There's a million things you have to think about. When, in fact, at the end of the day, driving is really pretty easy, pretty simple, right? You all go and get in your cars and turn the key and go without thinking about any one of those million things that you learned when you learned how to drive because you have, in some sense, mastered it. You know how to drive, and it's not complicated. But when you were learning, it was very complicated. Lots of things to think about. The kinds of things that when you forget them lead you to crash your parents' brand new car in a parking lot, 
because you were looking over your shoulder to the right when you should have been looking over your shoulder to the left. Or the kinds of things that you forget about. That, not that that happened to anybody in this room, least of all me. But the other kinds of things you might forget, like which gear you're in so that you stall out in the middle of an intersection thinking you were in first gear when you were in third gear. These kinds of things are lost if you are not paying attention to them and you get yourself in all kinds of trouble. You've got lessons to learn. So now here's the way to draw this analogy home. Okay, so when you think about your life as a Christian, you should think about it in the same way that you might think about learning to drive. But where are you in this process? Lots and lots of Christians think that they have mastered it. That is, they can go on autopilot now. They can forget about those million things that they learned. They can forget about having to check over their shoulder. They can just do it without thinking about it. They can turn the key and go. But in this life, in the flesh that you bear, which is still sinful, you are still learning. You're still like a 15-year-old with a driver's permit. You still have to check all of the boxes. You still have to pay attention to everything because you have not yet mastered it. And here's what you have not yet mastered. Love. Seems kind of strange to think. Love is the kind of thing that is very, very simple. But when you are learning it, it is not easy. It's very, very simple in concept, right? What does St. Paul say? He says, love does no harm to your neighbor. Well, that's pretty simple. That's not complicated at all. But in the execution, it is very, very difficult for someone who is still learning it. You all are still learning to love. And I can say that without a shadow of a doubt about every last one of you because you are all still here in this life. You will not master it until the end. In fact, if you think you have mastered it, pay attention to this. If you don't give a second of thought to what it means to love or how difficult it might be or what it involves, if you think that you have mastered it, you've got another thing coming. You're not even trying. You haven't paid attention to what Jesus says about what love involves, about the sacrifices that it entails, about what it means to put others before you. You haven't inspected your heart, not only to answer the question what love is, but also how you do it. Because this is the fact for Christians in the flesh, in this life, your sinful nature is constantly fighting against you. Right? So it's like you're learning how to drive and there's somebody in the passenger seat telling you not to do all of the things that you're supposed to do. Some stupid friend that you've got who's trying to get you to be dumb like him. No, you need to pay attention in this life because your sinful flesh is contradicting everything that you are learning about love. It is not easy. It's not easy, but here's the great hope for you and me. You have a teacher. God is your teacher. Think about how God works with us and for us. He's not like some reckless parent who just tosses the keys to his kids and says, okay, go ahead, give it a try, see how it goes. He doesn't say, here's the command, love, now go for it, see how it goes. He teaches us how to love. He knows what we are made of. He knows how frail and weak we are. He knows how beset by sin and how difficult it's going to be. And so he teaches us. And here's how he teaches us. He gives us the Ten Commandments. This is what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 13. He's saying the Ten Commandments are all about love. If you want to know what love looks like, look at the Ten Commandments. See how you should treat your neighbors. The things you should not do to them and the things you should do for them. Not just abstaining from doing evil to them, but also doing good. Not just being righteous, but doing good things for those 
who are in your life, for the neighbors that God has given you. It's really, really important that you acknowledge that God is your teacher when it comes to love. You know this. The world has all kinds of very strange ideas about love. If you let the world, they will gladly, gladly teach you about love, but they will get it dead wrong. The world has no idea what love is. The world thinks that love looks something like nice feelings, warm and fuzzy feelings inside your belly, warm feelings in your heart. Love looks something like putting up with anything and everything, tolerating whatever is going on all around you, that is, until it really grates on you, and then lashing out and having your own way. That's what love looks like as far as the world is concerned. But you know something different. This is how we have come to know love. St. John tells us, we have learned something different in Jesus. Jesus dying on the cross, that's where we first learned what love looks like. Not at all what, what the world says love should be. Something completely different. Something sacrificial. Something otherworldly. Something far beyond the changes and chances of this life, far beyond this flesh. Something heavenly. That's what love is. So here's how you practice learning love. Here's how you rehearse things that you are paying attention to. You study the Ten Commandments. You spend time with them. Now it seems like a Sunday school kind of a thing. Like the kind of thing that your parents make you do just to torture you. But it is not torture for those who love God to study His law. To learn it inside and out. It's not torture because you have learned what you are lacking. You have learned where your flesh is weak and frail. You have learned that you need all the help you can get. And so God gives it to you. Listen to what God says to his people in Deuteronomy. After he gives them the Ten Commandments. This is what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your hands and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Is there a moment, is there a single moment that the commandments shouldn't be on your hearts and in your minds? How could they not be? How could they not be? Because how else could you know whether you are doing well or evil? How could you know whether you are loving or hating unless you were paying attention to what God says about what is good and right and true? And pay attention. If God says to the people of Israel, to whom he himself proclaims his law, if he says to them, look, you're never done. Every day, all day, pay attention to my law. If they're never done, then neither are we. If God says that we need this, that we need to learn from him what is good and right and true, then we do. There's no way around it. If we think otherwise, we are fools. We're giving in to the temptations of our flesh. Now, here's a bigger question that really needs a little bit of time. Why? Why, besides the fact that we are learning to love, why do we need to know the commandments? Why do we need to spend time with them? Why should we learn to love? What is it all about? Now, it's important to say right off the bat that if you think about learning the commandments or knowing the commandments in a negative way, like the way that you thought about classes you hated in school, if you think about it in a negative way, then it will always be a chore. If you think about it the way that parents unthinkingly scold their children when they're distracted, if you think about it as something that you just have to get done, like that, 
Like that 1970s song I was thinking about it this morning, maybe you know it. Signs, signs, everywhere there's signs, blocking up the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? If you think about God's law in that way, something that's just getting in your way, something that is just ruining your fun, then you will never understand. In fact, then the commandments become a liability, right? Because if you know God's law, then you have to do it. But if you can avoid, if you can kind of have selective hearing, if you can plug your ears to God's law, then you can avoid it altogether. I'm sorry, officer, I didn't see the sign. I didn't know but I shouldn't have been driving so fast. That's not how Christians think about God's law. Not in a negative way. Not as something that he is forcing upon you. Not as something that you are being scolded to do. But here's how Christians think about God's law. as a picture of love. Because you do not want to harm your neighbor. Because you do not want to do evil, but you want to do good. Because you do not want to live in darkness, but you want to live in the light. The Christian knows that if the laws of God seem distasteful, if they grate against me, it's not because the laws are bad, but it's because I have something evil inside of me that needs to be rooted out. The Christian knows that to despise God's law is to despise Jesus, because the law, God's law, his Ten Commandments, describe Jesus. What did he do but live the law perfectly? If you think the law is silly or a waste of time, then you think Jesus is silly and a waste of time because he lives it perfectly. The Christian loves the law because the Christian wants to be like Jesus. And Jesus lives out the law perfectly. So why? Why do we do it? Why do we pay attention to the commandments? Not to save ourselves. Don't think this way, the way that the world would have you think that by somehow keeping God's law, by paying attention to the Ten Commandments, you can get them right, you can master them, and then everything will be okay. At the last day, you can hold up your checklist and you can say that I've done it. Don't think that. Everyone knows something of God's law and it has never saved anyone. Keeping God's law is a way to... Trying to keep God's law apart from Christ is a way to heap up despair or self-righteousness. Don't think that by, by keeping God's commands or paying attention to them or studying God's law, you are somehow saving yourself. Instead, here's why you should pay attention to the commandments. Because you have been saved. You study God's law not to save you, but because Christ has already saved you. Because God's perfect love was poured out for you on the cross. Because Christ's blood was spilled for you to cover all of the sins which you have committed, all of the ways that you have broken and will break God's law. His blood was poured out for you. He paid the price for you to rescue you from a loveless and a lawless life. This is the point of being a Christian. To live in love. That's the whole reason we're here. Not for any other reason, but to live in love of God and of our neighbors. So that's why we pay attention to God's law, because he has given you a new heart far better than the old one. The old one which was bent on evil all the time. He's given you a new heart which you need to exercise and put to use. God gives you the law, the Ten Commandments, and the example of Jesus so that having learned love by receiving it from God, by receiving the forgiveness of sins, you can practice it now. You can learn to do it yourself. That's the goal. In the kingdom of heaven, When we all stand in the presence of God, we will be loving perfectly. We will be keeping God's law perfectly. And so now we practice. We get ready for that day so that it is not unfamiliar, so that it's not foreign and strange, but so we are ready, so we know what it's like, so others can see 
what the kingdom of God looks like so others can learn of God's love for them. You have to do it. There's no way around it. Our flesh is too weak. If you ignore God's law, if you turn away from it, if you despise it, if you think little of it, if you lose sight of it, you will forget it. And then your flesh will have its way with you. You'll never know the goodness of God because you won't know about sin and righteousness. You won't know about what God has done for you, how great his love was for you. This is why the law is most precious. In showing us our sin, in showing us how far we have to go, in showing us how deep our trouble has been, we learn how great God's love is for us. Look at what it cost him. Look at what he was willing to do for you. Look at how much he spent to have you, to save you from death, to save you from evil, to save you from lovelessness. Look at that and rejoice. Pray that God would give you hearts that love his law, that rejoice to hear what is good. Pray that he would help you and strengthen you along the way and believe that he certainly will do it. It's what he wants for you. It's his will for you to grow in love towards him and for your neighbors. Give God all the glory, now and forever. Amen.